Good evening. Good afternoon. Good morning, wherever you are. I'm really excited. This is the end of something I wasn't sure would ever happen. And by the end, I just simply mean like the last episode of theoretically the first season, the last episode proven <laughs> of the Liminal Space mini series. And what's so interesting is when I was looking back through my notes when I got the inspo for this little mini series, I realized I wanted this to actually be the first episode. I didn't necessarily want to launch with death. That doesn't really make a lot of sense. But hey, I was in it. It's so funny because when I listened back to that episode, which between me and you, I've never actually listened back to any of these episodes until the death episode, which is appropriate in so many more ways than one and probably deeply metaphorical and fodder for the therapists. But I thought it was going to be super heavy because I was feeling so heavy. The death cycle is not one for the faint of heart. And I think that's why initially I thought this would be the first <laughs> episode of that series. But hey, everything happens for a reason, right? And I've definitely learned to trust that. So this is the resurrection. Following the rebirth, the inception, the birth point. And you can see why maybe I should have started with birth and then death and then resurrection. I think that's where I was going with it. But at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter because these are cyclical events. They're all part of the pattern and they will continually pop up. The reason I wanted to create this little mini series is I was ending the first season, which had a certain format and a certain approach knowing I would be stepping into a completely different format and a completely new approach, leaning much more into the metaphysical, spiritual, woo side of things. And I mean, the truth is, is I've always been there and I'm just getting much more real and much more vulnerable with you. I am also celebrating four-figure downloads on the podcast, so that's really exciting. Thank you so much. I am going to start listening back to these before I put them out. I think I've crossed that threshold. I would also love to get feedback. So one of the things that's going to be shifting is I am going to be doing interviews. I would love to get interview recommendations. I might even really want to interview you, and I'm very much open to anyone really i uh won't interview anyone don't get me wrong i'll have a conversation with them in advance but i am looking for people who are carving their own path who are business owners and some of the feedback i have gotten is a lot of people who are in leadership positions who have created new roles for themselves who are trailblazing in a professional capacity are also getting a lot of value out of these episodes so i don't want to discriminate i do want to speak with people who are navigating the 3D by utilizing some tools, some experiences, some resources that feel fairly otherworldly. And so if anyone pops into your mind, please email me. As I mentioned, I am going to be discontinuing the text messaging service. I just don't have enough people participating. It's okay. Don't feel bad. I don't feel bad. It's interesting when you really, really love something, you can want it to work so hard but sometimes it just doesn't. 
that's it's a good time to celebrate a death, right? To let something go, to create space for something new. The other thing kind of on pause right now is the container, which is the Discord community. The thing about community is it takes participation. So I'm in this process. I'm growing. We're growing as a community and everything's going to happen exactly when it's meant to. And then we will experience a resurrection, right? So if you do know someone who I should interview or I should talk to, or if you're interested in being on the podcast, email hello at NicoleBZ.com. And any other housekeeping? I'm going to start posting or sharing, I should say, blogs that relate to the podcasts. And if I refer back to other podcast episodes, I'll link to that in the show notes as well. I also hope to start being a lot better about including the books and other podcasts, other thought leaders that I'm referring to, and just kind of getting much more into the link backs because it's important. And I know I, I kind of get off on that in my podcasts, as like the podcasts that I listen to. So with that, you can see there's a lot of death, there's a lot of birth. And once we get into that energy, the resurrection occurs. And I really wanted to address this spiral. And it's, gosh, it's so funny how topical and exactly what I need is being served by these discussions. But I find I'm also having these conversations in my day-to-day, not just with my clients, but with my peers, with my compatriots, the other people that are serving and working with businesses and business owners, other business owners. You know, not, not everybody is a client that I talk to, but I tend to talk about work a lot. And also with the Theta, it's just really interesting how common these themes are and how timely in the sense that we're all kind of going through this same shit together. And obviously it's the end of the year, it's the holidays, depending on where you're listening to this. If you're in the Northern Hemisphere, it is winter. It is a death cycle. And if you're in the Southern Hemisphere, summer is an interesting experience as well. I think that to me really feels like the resurrection energy. So the energy of this particular episode. We are continually engaging in these patterns. And not only that, these patterns will lay on top of each other. So you might be experiencing the death in a relationship, but the birth of a new idea or the resurrection in your energy or your fitness regime or whatever it might be. We're kind of going through this crap all the time. (laughs) And so the sooner we embrace these cycles and we become familiar with our own approach both where we embrace the cycle of change, but also where we kind of avoid it. I uh, wrote a blog on bad endings and how we've really been programmed to avoid, bemoan, belabor death. It's meant to be this hard, horrible, hideous experience. And don't get me wrong, it can be incredibly painful. But in that pain, there can also be so much beauty. And when we find ourselves avoiding this particular moment, it can often prolong it. So depending on how you do cope with and deal with the end, the passing, a death, imagine doing that for a lot longer than you need to. One of the things I really want to talk about in this particular episode is our own patterns, the way that we approach these cycles, how to know when you're in each cycle. And more importantly, how to accept 
so that it doesn't have to be as laborious. It doesn't have to feel like such hard fucking work. Because the reality is, and, and especially when you start to step into the, the resurrection space where you're ready, the idea has been born, you're in the flow, you've got that vibe. You're going to take all of the experience and all of the learning and all of the, the hits on the chin, you know, like it, it's all there with you. I had a rant. I think this is when I was in the death cycle. <laughs> I had a rant on forgiveness. Forgiveness is not forgetting. Forgiveness is empowering. Forgiveness is saying, okay, here's where I fucked up. Here's where you fucked up. Here's where I regret. Here's what I wouldn't do again. Here's what I prefer you to not do again. It's taking all of that experience and knowledge and know-how and saying, and it's the both and, right? Like all of that happened. Here we are. We're moving forward. The universe is constantly expanding. We're ex continually expanding with it. And so we can take all of that learning and rather than white knuckle it or pretend it and wish it away, it can simply be with us, but not inform us or control us or confine us. The resurrection is really where we go, okay, this is the turning point. What stays and what goes? I can remember, so it's, it's uh, about five years. Well, it's five and a half years since I officially retired from the music industry, but it took me a good six months to figure out like, what the fuck am I going to do? So we're at about a five-year anniversary from that. And I moved to Colorado from LA. I was actually supporting friends going through a, a very real life death cycle. A friend of mine was really, really sick and his wife was very, very pregnant. And so yeah, it was all of the experiences layered on top of each other. And I was going back and forth between LA and, and Denver, helping them through all of these transitions. And in the final visit, which also involved friends of mine getting married, it was, it was, it was a lot, a death, a birth, and a marriage. I realized I just want to be back in Denver. I want to be back in the mountains. And I didn't have a plan. I didn't know what next. But I knew what I wanted, and I knew that I would figure it out. So long story short, I made it happen. I showed up in Colorado, and I immediately, you know, started looking for a job. I did not have it in me to try and start my own business and go out on my own and figure it all out again, like not even a little bit. And I did it. I got a job. And, you know, every time I get a job, I'm like, <laughs> There's a reason I don't do this. I'm really, I'm the worst employee. But I do think that's made me a pretty cool boss. I don't know, Shannon, you're editing this. <laughs> Am I a cool boss? You know, long story short, I no longer had that job. And that is because I went on a trip with some friends and I was up super early in the morning. This is when my coaching practice was beginning. So I was still working full time and coaching. And I didn't, I didn't want to take a vacation. I didn't think I deserved a vacation. So I was still taking clients super early in the morning because I was, it was, I was in Europe. So the time change was about eight hours. That meant I could take clients at like two, you know, three, four in the morning, which was eight, nine, 10 in the morning, kind of depending on time zones. And so I'd had a couple of clients and I was sitting there, you know, at dawn and I felt it. I felt my mojo come back. And I thought, I can fucking do this. I can 
I am, I am resurrected. <laughs> and I was able to harness that energy and also go, okay, you've done this a lot. You've started a lot of businesses. You've been hired on to lead and save a bunch of businesses. You've also facilitated the death process in a lot of businesses. What stays, what goes? And then the next question that I think is only really available to us in the resurrection period, it's, it's almost like two early days when you're just in the birth. But where do I want support? What resources am I going to bring in? And also, like, what have I outgrown? So fast forward, I'm going to say six months. So I'm now coaching full time. I've quit my job. And okay, uh, disclaimer, some of you listening may or may not be fans of Tony Robbins. If you are a fan, I'm, I'm going to hurt your feelings <laughs> right now. If you're not, you come over, we'll have a beverage and, and chat this one out. But so Tony Robbins was coming to Denver. And actually, I'm going to leave all of the details out of this because it was such a fascinating experience for me. But long story short, I get I get like the gold premium ticket and I'm in the gold premium section and I'm listening to Tony Robbins and it's kind of blowing my mind. And on the one hand, I'm looking at 10,000 people going, cool. There are 10,000 people in my local market that I can coach and that are open to it. Clearly, they're here for Tony. On the flip side, I'm like, I feel like I'm at a frat party and I'm about to get date raped. So there was that. And it had a lot to do with Tony's vibe and the music Tony was playing, not the actual audience and attendees. But I'm listening to Tony do his spiel and it felt so fucking basic to me. Like the first therapy session I had and I was like, 17 years old or 16 or 18 I can't quite remember but where I'm like oh we have feelings and they matter and sometimes our feelings affect the way that we act or think like weird that kind of seemed to be the the breakthroughs that the audience was experiencing and on the one hand he was getting like farm bros to jump up and down and talk about their feelings but on the other hand it was just so not for me. But I've paid money. I've taken the day. And the biggest narrative running through my brain hole is who the fuck do you think you are to have any kind of a thought about probably the world's leading coach, or at least the Western English speaking world's leading coach? Like, no, you don't like sit down, be humble. So I sat down. I, I'd be humble. <laughs> and, <laughs> I'm going through the motions and I like, I promise you, my friend, I'm really trying. I, when I get into these spaces, cause I can be kind of a dick. I, I put on like my game face and I go all in and I'm like, we are showing up for this. And so I'm doing the questions and talking to strangers. I'm sitting next to somebody. I don't know, you know, I'm, I'm doing all the things, but the whole time I'm just gritting my teeth and burying it. And at some point, the last band that I worked with came on the speaker and everybody's dancing. And I'm like, oh, I actually don't need to be here. I have graduated past this experience. I can celebrate this death. And in that moment, I birthed my confidence and resistance to being a coach. 
And I'm going to earmark that one and come back to it. But as I walked out of there, probably two thirds of the way through the day, and I had paid for like the VIP cocktails or whatever at the end, I thought it's okay to move on. It's okay to outgrow something. And this isn't an ego check. This isn't telling yourself you're something you're not. Like, this is just tuning in. Does this feel good or does this feel bad? And if this feels bad, it's not coming with me. That's a big thing about this phase and the resurrection. What stays and what goes? Now, the flip side of it is some things are staying because they are a part of who we are. (laughs) And this is the one that's really, really been coming up a lot. I might even be writing about this. I haven't figured it out yet. But I talk a lot about design your ideal leader. Who is your avatar? Who do you want to be? And especially with Energy Leadership Index and the ELI debrief that I do, we create a framework and energetic levels that enable you to get the results that you want. And stepping into this ideal character can be a really interesting exercise. It can help expand us and go, okay, where am I growing to? It is not meant to supplement the reality of who you are. It is meant to give you a container within which to play. But sometimes there are aspects of ourselves which we're not proud of, or we might be downright ashamed of. And at some point, we can sit down with that part of ourself and look at it and go, okay, what if you don't go anywhere? What if I'm never going to want to work out. (laughs) This might be coming up for me right now. Or what if I am such a people pleaser that I find myself manipulating you and me in order to create a copacetic situation? I can be aware of this. I can work on it. But at the end of the day, I don't like it when people are screaming or yelling at each other. So I am actually going to manipulate a situation to avoid that. Okay, I'm a manipulator. I'm lazy in some instances. Okay. Now, I can bring that awareness to my business, to myself, to my growth, to my avatar design. And the ideal leader is totally open, totally trusting, inspired, committed, would never manipulate, would invite everybody to the table and explore. And if people start yelling or screaming, they simply honor that and ask that person to calm down or take a few deep breaths or whatever it might be. Sure. But but also, how can we get really comfortable with who we are, the good and the bad, the dark and the light, the shadow? Because I think until we really sit there with us, There's kind of no point in trying on all of these different characters. Now, why we're holding on to some of these attachments, some of these negative experiences, that's going to go back. And there's plenty of opportunity to release them. Don't get me wrong. That's what Theta theta Healing is all about. But in the interim, we're going to bring our whole selves to certainly our businesses, but any situation in our life. The first step is admitting you have a problem. Just as an example, 
One of my best and worst qualities is my honesty. I have been told that since I was, since I could talk. <laughs> like, and yeah, it has gotten me in a fuckload of trouble. I have hurt a lot of feelings and my intention is never to hurt someone's feeling, but I have this awareness now. And I know that I, I don't play well with highly sensitive people of which I work with a lot. A lot of my visionary artists, trailblazers, creatives, introverts are highly sensitive people. So I can preface the situation with that. If you've ever had like a strategy session with me in that first sort of coaching session where I explore if we're going to be a good fit, I will say I am brutally honest. I will typically ask for permission if I can challenge you. But if you're looking for someone who is going to be incredibly sensitive and someone who's going to emotionally massage the situation, if you're not looking for someone to be an accountability partner or to work with you put to push past boundaries, like I might not be the right person. And I, I like to deliver it with a little bit of humor, but... There's some people in my life and, and one of the people I'm experiencing this death process with right now who don't cope very well with that. My brother. I have a couple brothers, <laughs> but one of them, he just doesn't like me because of this. And that's okay. I've, I can accept that. And I don't need to change myself or feel bad about myself because this quality. I can be aware of it. I can warn people <laughs> when I realize, which is usually pretty obvious, when I've crossed a line, I can honor and acknowledge that. And, you know, one of the other things is like, especially with my girlfriends, when they call me because they're having like a personal challenge, and I've probably talked about this a hundred times. So just hit that 15 second like forward bit right now. I'm not the one to call if your boyfriend's being a dick and you just want to like talk shit or your, your girlfriend, or your partner, or whatever. I'm also not the person to call to talk about like the same lame-ass problem that you have with your boss, or your parents, or what, like, I, I, I will tell you <laughs> that we've discussed this before, and you've had a variety of options, and you're continually engaging in this behavior for a reason, so look at that, and then like, I'm done. <laughs> Typically, when you're venting and when you're looking for support, that's not what you're looking for. And I have to just trust that my people know me well enough to know what they're going to get when they reach out to me on that on that level. If you pay me, <laughs> I can be a lot nicer when I talk to you. This is what I mean when I say like we can see ourselves for all of who we are. Doesn't mean we have to like it. Doesn't mean we have to love it. But I am wondering now if without accepting it, can we truly move forward? authentically in a way that creates that type of leader that is compelling. And I think this, this is one of the reasons why all of us who are like horrible employees and really bad at being told what to do and, and even cringe at the word leader, because it's so hard for us to find somebody we actually want to follow. And I don't mean follow like blindly and stupidly. I mean, follow in the sense that like they're so compelling and just the way they do what they do, we're like, yeah, can I have what they're having, please? One of the other reasons, or I shouldn't say other reasons, one of the things I hear a lot when people call me to engage me for work is I don't know what I don't know. 
I, I know I've got blind spots. And I think with this resurrection phase, with this both and, with taking what is working and leaving what isn't, there's now this awareness around blind spots. And we can honor that, be very aware of the uncertainty, especially in business, and step forward. And it has to do with kind of accepting this holistic situation. Like we know there's going to be wins and losses. It's the same thing as knowing there's going to be births and deaths. There are, you know, I was talking about it just today with a business owner about like strategies. How many things have you tried that didn't work? The, the strategy, there was an idea. This is design theory as well. You have an idea, you birth the idea, you build out the strategy, you implement it. That's sort of the resurrection phase. It's the same thing with the cycle of change. Like it's just all the same, just different ways of thinking about it. And then when you don't get the results that you expected or you get wildly different results, good or bad, we end that particular cycle. We go back to the beginning. We look at what worked and we leave what didn't. It's a resurrection. And then, you know, we repeat. Our blind spots are only problematic when we assume like there should never be one, which it's actually in the blind spot that like the most amazing things happen. Hopefully I remember to link this book in the resources or show notes, but The Source by Dr. Tara Start, Sarat, something, I'll, I'll link it, goes through some examples about like some of the greatest technology came from some monumental failures. And the experimenter or the scientist or the business owner didn't see that possibility. And then when the thing blew up in their face, she goes through like there's a researcher at UCLA who was trying to create a microchip for computers and it quite literally exploded. And she realized the dust was still transmitting the like electricity or whatever. I am not a scientist. But what she realized is this dust actually had the same capability as this entire chip. And now this dust is used across like all technology from medical devices to computers to cars. Like it's crazy. And again, her experiment literally exploded. And that's what led her to this next creation. That's the blind spot. That's where creativity and inspiration come from, is the unknown. So we actually want some things we cannot predict. Now, in business and in our personal relationships and our commitments, this can present very challengingly. Challengingly? Uh, sure. And that like, that's where I'm experiencing a lot of death just personally right now because something that was very, very important to me was honesty, was commitment, was integrity, is authenticity. And the thing is, is sometimes we agree to something a year ago or two years ago where we make promises and in the moment, we really, really mean it. And then things happen. And we learn. And we go through deaths and births and resurrections. And we get to a point where we realize like potentially this particular situation or engagement or commitment or contract or promise or relationship doesn't get to come with us in this next cycle. This is where death becomes incredibly triggering. And so notice when the resistance pops up. What are you attached to? What are you holding on to? What was the result you were going for? 
It's only with pause and with practice and with space that we can actually even engage in that type of questioning, just noticing our own response and reaction to something and going, oh, interesting. Okay. I can tell I'm having a really big feeling (laughs) and this might not be the most uh, opportune place to deal with it. So let's take a moment. Pattern interrupt. This is the cycle. Do I want to engage in this again or do I want to try something different? Do I need different support? I talk about the energy stacking activities. I often get, especially this time of year, whenever you're listening to this, it's the end of the year, the holidays. I get a lot. I always forget because I think everyone's partying and taking breaks. And, you know, we've got in the United States a a handful of holidays this time of year. We don't get a lot of holidays. So people kind of check out and I assume they're going to check out. But what I forget is they're going back home. They are taking on way too much. Their businesses are either busier than they can cope with or very, very slow. And all of these things freak them out. And I think the the hardest part is these, you know, you can relate, I'm sure. Entrepreneurs, trailblazers, visionaries, weirdos, freaks, <laughs> rebels, rule breakers surround themselves with people who they don't see very often. And those people hold them to an expectation or a character, an avatar that died a long time ago. And it's really challenging to surround yourself with a bunch of outdated and dead expectations. And especially for us, because we're doing something real fucking different and it's not safe. And our people like to remind us of that over and over again. And when you tell them what you're working on, they kind of look at you and their little brow furrows, make it a little pat on the shoulder. They're doing their best to support you. But what they're really saying is, I'm so scared of life. I'm going to project all of that fear onto you. And now it's yours. Make me feel better. And yeah, I digress. (laughs) So where I'm going with this is this process will leave you a little bit raw, a little bit open, a little bit vulnerable. You've birthed something new. You've stepped into the resurrection. You don't know exactly how this is going to go. That's okay. That's exact. That actually means you're doing it right because you're creating space for the new, for the inspiration, for the disruptive technology, right? And how do you know you're doing it right? It feels good. It's exciting. It's expansive. You're, you're like kind of got that a little bit of that manic energy or that download energy. Like you can't sleep at night. You feel a little distracted, maybe even a bit scattered from the outside that that might be a little bit unsettling. But f- the internal process is like, hell fucking yeah, let's do this. If it's anything else, it's probably a no. It's probably time for that thing to die. And and uh Start to learn what that feels like for you, not intellectually, like that full body. Yes, let's do this. Let's go. And then like everything else is probably no. If you're telling yourself you can't, you don't, you're not, that messaging is coming from a place of lack or fear. I don't want to sound all fucking love and light. Lack is like, I don't have this and I feel bad about it. Abundance expansion is holy shit. That looks awesome. How do I create it? And sometimes, like, yeah, we get triggered. We look at somebody and we go, well, why don't I have that? So look at that lack and ask yourself, 
why don't I? That's been a really powerful question. Why didn't I create the result that I said I wanted? I had to do this with my last launch of the anti-business school. And really interesting, actually, like this just happened today. So I had targets. It went really well, but I didn't hit my targets. And I had to say, well, why didn't I hit my targets? And I realized it's because of all of the extra admin work that goes with signing on a whole bunch of new people at once and working with a whole bunch of new people at once. And I'm fucking over it. Like, I don't want to do that. And I actually hired a bunch of people to help me with that. But one of them got sick. She'll be back soon. One of them decided to go full-time mom. And then the other has been making up for all of it. Hi, Shannon. And so it's it's been a process. And so like somewhere I am purposefully sabotaging, not purposefully, I should say subconsciously sabotaging my own success because I'm afraid of what will happen. The second I answered that question, well, why didn't I create the success that I wanted? Guess what happened? I got three new full-time clients. And so I actually ended up hitting my income target post-launch because of the launch (laughs) and all of the activity around it. And also creating the space for the success to come in because I was blocking it on some level. So, okay. I feel like I've been in story time for a minute. Thanks. I want to like really ground this and give you, as per always, some tactical, actionable, why the fuck does this make a difference? How can I implement this or apply any of this brouhaha to my situation? So when we're in this resurrection, this creation, like it's beyond the creation, you're in the flow, like you're, you're doing the damn thing. You have everything you need. Another very common block is, well, I have to sign up for this course or like, I have to get a coach. Like, here's the thing you do. I hope to empower you through this podcast and through my blogs and through everything that I do with enough to do it all by yourself. Now, if you're anything like me, having somebody to bounce ideas off of, like I'm a verbal processor. I kind of have to say it out loud to make it real, but then also to like hear it and think about it and do it. I also am so much more accountable to others. That's why I need a team. If it's just me, like it's probably never going to get done. (laughs) And, And so this is like, these are the bad parts of me that I am not proud of. But I've just come to realize I'm also like not going to fucking reply to your email in a timely manner. I just don't give a shit. If you work with me, you know to text me. There are these things about me that I can like feel bad about or hide or ignore or whatever. Or I can just like call in the support that I need. And I have that support. There's a reason I call this podcast You Know Everything. Because you do. Essentially, when you get out of your own way. You can give yourself everything you need. And this this next line of questions, my friend, is everything you need. (laughs) They're free. You can do them anytime your button gets pushed or you're triggered or you're freaking out or you wanted to expand and everything's amazing and you're wondering where the next fucking level is. But especially if you're feeling a little bit shaky. The first question is, what if I could give myself exactly what I need without judgment? I've said that a thousand times. I'm going to say it again. What if I could give myself exactly what I need without judgment? The second question then goes, what if this isn't a win or a lose? What we've just done is fulfilled our needs, gotten us out of like a victim, shame, blame, fear, lack, scarcity, blah, into like action mode. 
Now the win or lose means this isn't a binary situation. We have endless opportunities. From there, we can go, okay, well, what if this isn't a problem? Problem labeling separates judgment and it suggests that something is anything other than what is exactly meant to be happening in this moment. And when we can step into that space, we expand to knowing there is an opportunity in every challenge and we might not see it right now. And we don't have to believe this. But what if I guaranteed you that you would succeed? How would that affect your decision making right now? Okay, there you go. Bye bye, coaching done. (laughs) But seriously, it actually, it actually is kind of just that simple. When we work with what is, what is right now, not what could be or should be or what we wish it were or what happened, what we can't take back, what we can't change. When we stay present, we really do have everything we need. We have the energy to grow this, to expand, to create, to inspire. So when you can accept all of you and maybe even ask like, well, why do you do some of that stuff? Why, why do you manipulate or why are you ashamed of that thing or embarrassed? That's okay. Like you don't, it doesn't all have to be out there in the open for everybody. You get to keep some things just for you. (laughs) And there's going to be some things to work on always. And then there's going to be some bits that just are going to be there. They make you you. They're the other side of what makes you fucking awesome. And that's the leader that you respond to. Most of the time, if you're listening to this, you're not like worshiping like Bezos or Elon Musk, I was trying to think of, or like Sandy Sandberg, because they don't seem real. Some might suggest they're aliens. They don't, they're not vulnerable. They don't have that holistic, real, tangible, like I can relate to you kind of vibe. I like the balls out brash style of leader, but I like someone who is rough around the edges, which to me is probably a little bit of that vulnerability that, you know, especially the bootstrappers, the ones that not necessarily like had to come from nothing, but like those who had to like, they went through a death cycle. (laughs) Like they resurrected, they were the phoenix in the ashes. Uh, You know, that's what I mean when I say like, who is this ideal leader? It's finding these characteristics and these qualities that really, not just that you resonate with, but that inspire you. Those leaders, you know, they roll their sleeves up. They can see the best in the situation. It's like I would like what I was just talking about. Like they see the opportunity, even if it's not there. And they're not sugarcoating it. They're not pretending. And in fact, they're probably rolling up their sleeves and getting in it with you. If they're not already standing shoulder to shoulder in solidarity with you. They stay with the tough stuff. I don't want to say anybody should go down with the ship, but like they recognize the death cycle. They're willing to toss it in. They know when to fold them. And why I think this is so powerful and where I think we can apply this in our own lives is our intentional action. 
there's a huge difference between acting out of power, that force and that fear, which is like, I'm embarrassed about this thing. I don't want anybody to see it. So I'm going to overcompensate. I'm going to pretend I'm going to take a picture of me in front of the Lambo. It's a set of my Honda Civic. And Honda Civics are amazing fucking cars. We all know that. When we understand, and this is like kind of going back to that trigger, like where are we freaking out? Where are we having a really big feeling? When we can just sit with that and go, oh, okay, I'm feeling like my launch failed because I didn't hit my targets. And therefore, I should never do this again. I'm going to be a huge failure. I'm showing up fake on social media and everybody's going to know I'm a fraud because that's what happens when we're in that space. It spirals out, it compounds. And we can go, okay, <laughs> okay, little, little sweetie, Nicole. <laughs> Let's take a deep breath. Let's look at, you know, some evidence. Let's do some of those energy sucking activities. Let's get some support. Let's take a pause. And let's look at this when we're in a space, you know, and we're just in a different space. And then we can go, okay, why didn't this go as well as I wanted it to? Where was I getting in my own way? What support could I have roped in? What isn't working any longer that I'm just not going to do? Then we can go, oh, okay, I'm going to take some intentional action here. And it could look exactly the same. I might post the exact same post on social media talking about my results. But one, it's going to come from fear and overcompensating and pretending because I'm ashamed. The other is going to come from realism, from targets, from a very pragmatic space. Actually, I got more people than I ever have. That's fantastic. As opposed to I didn't hit the number that I wanted, which might have been a little unrealistic. We don't know. (laughs) That intention is everything. And that's what you feel in that leader. That's how you lead yourself. And I think that's what the resurrection is all about, is it's taking this energy of excitement, of inspired action, of hope, of growth, of desire, not from lack, but from chutzpah, like, let's fucking do this, and putting it into action. And for the trailblazers, the disruptors, the independent, critical thinkers, us rebels, rule breakers, visionaries, in order to honor what we want to create, we also need to honor what has to die, what needs to be birthed, and like honor those spaces because we're going to be in perpetual cycles of this. Oh, and then my, my final, my parting thought, because another thing that happened with this launch is I immediately crashed and <laughs> I spent two weeks like in so zero fucks land, I could barely get myself out of bed and not in like a bad way. And I like, I actually am just going to sleep. I'm going to sleep 12 hours. And if you've listened to me, I, I generally don't sleep like four. And this is something I have said many, many times, and I am retracting it. I have moved past it. I'm contradicting myself. After every expansion, there is a contraction. And when I say the spiral, I mean literally visualize the spiral. You start at the center and you start to go around. And so as you round a corner, it might look like you've already been there. It might feel like you're at the bottom. And then you come back around to the top. And you've also kind of been here before, but it's a little bit different. And then you go back around to the bottom. Now, that doesn't have to feel shitty. 
I've been saying it does. And guess what? I have absolutely created that experience for myself. But if the universe is continually expanding, so are you. And yes, when we look at our new playing field, when we see how much further that goalpost has gotten or how much further away the light at the end of the tunnel is, we can freak out. That can feel like a trigger or a button push or a panic moment. And I think that's absolutely what I've been experiencing right now. It has felt like panic, but it hasn't been scary. It's been a very old, outdated response that is not coming with me any longer. And I'm, it's dying and I'm mourning it. And so challenge even those expectations, even the permissions you've given yourself a few weeks ago, a few months ago, a few years ago. Because what if it doesn't have to be that hard? What if it doesn't have to feel like this? What if you can transmute the death and the birth into resurrection as effortlessly as you want? What would that look like? Alrighty. That was fucking awesome. Thank you. I'm just have to say, I can't believe I'm here. <laughs> I can't believe I'm, I think this now, this will be 36. I did 33 episodes for my first season and I didn't even plan that. And the 27th episode is on the 27th. Like, oh my God, I'm such a nerd. <laughs> and then these three episodes to come you know, right before a very famous death, birth, and resurrection. Uh, it was pretty cool. But thank you so much for listening. Thank you for sharing this with your people. I can tell that this, this thing is spreading or spreading. And I, I hear a lot like of people who are like, oh, I really want to work with you and blah, blah, blah. And um, I guess I just want to say, like, you're doing the work. You know everything. You're incredibly powerful. You will create everything you dream of. And it's all like, it's all actually happening. I promise. Okay. So I can't wait to talk to you next year. <laughs> oh, there's going to be so many fun things happening next year as well. I am going to be doing a lot more live trainings. I mentioned this um, in a social post. I, I had to mourn the death of the in-person workshop and then also embrace the fact that I just can't be in any place for too long and I'm a fucking hobo, gypsy. So that means I'll be in random places all of the time. I'm going to be hosting a lot more um, online stuff. I'm going to be looking at these podcast episodes to see which ones were the most downloaded and then build some trainings off of that. I've got something really fucking cool in February. I cannot fucking wait to announce it. All the fucks. And thank fuck. Season two going to be all about the woo because the February workshop is woo-tastic. I think I'm probably going to just get into it with the money in January. I have I have a bunch of workshops and trainings that I've done to that were fucking awesome. God, how many times can I say fuck? And uh, yeah, so if there's anything that you would like a deep dive on the a blog that like tickled your pickle or a particular episode email hello at nicolebeasy.com and i'll build a training out just for you okay um i'm also thinking about launching a book club and by also and thinking i mean i've been planning this for three years now and so i'm doing it 
I'm just need to make sure I've read, I've finished all of the books. I think I've got the first six, which is more than enough. And it's going to be really fun for all of us nerds. I'm just trying to figure out which platform. So like if I should do it like Instagram lives or Zooms or YouTube, I can't quite figure it out. So if you have any feedback on that, I would love to hear it. If you're still listening, you are my favorite person ever and we should be best friends. Okay. I love you. Happy holidays or very unhappy holidays. If you're anything like me, Scrooge McDuck. Uh, it's cool. We're partying. We're having fun. It's going to be amazing. All the twos. It's a six year next year, right? And I'm a six year. Thank fuck. Five. Five was rough. Okay. I'm like seriously fucking done now. 